We'd see the, the angle from a different way. And this is why it wasn't just the book of John, but it was the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke and the book of John. And then the Acts that came after that as well. But we see those four different angles that show the one Jesus, the son of God. And we see that angle because there is a power to what we see together. Now, I want you to know this. There is a power of what comes out in us in Christ when we do life together. When we're on this journey together, there is something incredible, something powerful that comes out of our lives, the Christ-likeness that can be formed and developed inside of us when we do this journey of Christianity together. Amen? And how many know when we do the journey of Christianity together, we have to work out our salvation together. We have to do life together. And I just love the fact that when we're doing this together, it helps us to develop and grow in the way we see other people. See, God uses each other. He uses us to help each other on the journey of becoming more like Jesus. Who believes that today? We're in this together. And there is a power to this. So we want to we wanna do church the way Jesus modeled. We want to do church the way Acts modeled in the way that we are setting up what the church is. You know, I love the fact of as we are gathered here together right now in this place. And you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. He's here amongst us. His presence is here. You know, as, as Pastor Le Nick led us in prayer this morning, I believe people were healed today. People were healed. They were set free. And we had anointing service last Sunday. I love the fact that we're laying hands on people at the end of the service. And I know that starting to hear back now, even just testimonies of the miracles that are already happening in people's lives. I mean, that happens because we gathered together. We come together as the church and we're here on this journey together. And this is one of the most evangelical things we are doing for the coast around us, for the world around us. We are showing the world around us, as we gather together as different people from different backgrounds, different families, as I said before, different ethnicities as well, we come together, we're showing the world that actually this can be done. You can live in unity. You can live in community together under Christ. It doesn't really work when there's no Jesus, but when there's Jesus, when he brings us together, when he is Lord of all, oh, that's what brings it together. Amen. And there is a power to this. So the gathering of the church, then we see life groups as well as we've launched into life groups this week. I love the fact that smaller communities in the life of our church are coming together. And, uh, and I love the fact that, you know, when I, when I sit there and I have a, a life group, men's group, and, and I sit there and I, I was there this, this Tuesday night and just listening to some of the men and sharing their testimonies and stories. And we were, we were talking on prayer. And I just love the fact that these guys were encouraging me as I was sitting there encourage me with the way that they pray, with how that they pray, when they pray, how they set things up in their lives so they can actually pray. And we were encouraged. We were encouraged sitting there talking about this because as we were talking, we were saying, you know what? I asked this question, what's, what's our next step? What's our next step, men, of what we can do to get a better prayer life? What do we need to do? I'm not asking you to be, you know, Derek Prince, who's a great pastor and preacher. He writes books on prayer. I'm not asking you to be that right now, okay? But what I am saying is that what is your next step to develop a greater prayer life? What do you need to do? What do you need to do tomorrow? What do you need to do? And see, the power of that is when we gather together as, as in life groups, we're encouraging each other on the journey. 
We're strengthening each other in real time. You know what I also love? I also love when I hear the testimonies of when someone got a miracle from God. When someone got a healing or a breakthrough or a financial miracle that came through, uh, you know, or, or a miracle in their family, in their, in their marriage or their kids or whatever it may be. I, I just love to sit back and go, oh man, I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. At times even challenged when I hear these great testimonies. I love the fact that when somebody struggles, when someone may be going through a tough moment in their life and season, there's a group of people that are around them saying, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, I've heard of even stories even this week of meals being made for some people in a life group. I've heard of visitations to hospitals. I've heard of, I've heard of different things that have happened this week. Why? Because of people doing life together, together, on the journey together. And I love what God can bring out of us as we do this together. He inhabits the praises of his people. And see, the power of us understanding that I need, I need others. I need Jesus, number one. We got to get that one first and foremost in our lives. But we need each other. We do need the church. How many of the world needs the church? Do you believe that today? The world needs the church. All right. There's so many things pulling people as far as as the enemy or the devil can get them from who Jesus is, from the revelation of who Jesus is. But how many know as we gather together, we're encouraging each other, we're strengthening each other, we're helping each other on the journey, iron sharpening iron on the journey of forming to become more like Jesus and showing that Jesus to the world around us. See, we are the only Jesus that people are seeing in our workplace. We're the only Jesus that people are seeing that we live beside, our neighbors see. We're the, only, we're the only Bible anyone's reading right now that's in our world is us, is our lives. And when we are strengthened and encouraged together in the way that we do church together, there is a power of what is modeled through our individual lives to the world around us. Amen. There's a power of how our family, our marriage models that to the people around us as well. How are we doing today? At church, it's so powerful. The second thing, is this, is that lives that flourish in unity. Psalm 92, 12 to 15 says this, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. How powerful is that scripture? I love it. It's one of my favorites, actually. But when I look at this, I see there is a power to being planted in the house of God together. And I, I love the description there of talking about the cedars of Lebanon. Now, the cedars of Lebanon in ancient times were the greatest timber that you could build with. All right. Now, King David, he built his palace with the cedars from Lebanon. King Solomon built the temple with the cedars from Lebanon. And we see that these cedars from Lebanon, they weren't just great because they were just this random cedar tree that you found out in the bush somewhere. No, they were from a particular forest. Now, I wanted you to know today, to this day, that forest is actually a protected zone and those cedars are still growing there in that place in Lebanon. It's a protected place, all right? They, they were such great trees because you could actually span great distances for ceilings and roofs 
They could hold structures of multi-story buildings together with all the stonework and the masonry work that came together. The, the cedar beams would keep it all together. And that would last a long, long time for generations. All right? And we see the power of this isn't just the fact that it was the cedar wood, but the power of it was the forest that it came from. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a great power to a, a forest that, that, that has a cultivated soil that comes together. They that, that were grown, they were, they were cultivated, they were made to, to, to stand up real tall so that they could be used for such purposes of building. Now in the ancient world, not just Israel, but you see the Babylonians and the Persians and so many others, they would all use the cedars of Lebanon because they were the best. And we see the power of this is that there's something incredible about what happens in a great forest. There's something incredible that the life and the flourishing and the fruitfulness that can happen, that a great name can be formed. Now, how many know as the church, we are called to be such a great environment where the great name is not our own, but it's the name of our King. It's the name of Jesus, the one who leads and, and, and guides our lives. Hey, this, this kingdom exists because of the king. It doesn't exist without the king. It exists because of the king. And that is the name that we are proclaiming to the world around us. That is the goodness as the end of the scripture says, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And we see even further that we see there is to declare the, his uprightness, to declare who he is to the world around us. It's something powerful when we look at the gathering together, the environment together, where there is fruitfulness that is produced. Now I see these words that come out of this scripture in Psalm as fruitful, strong, fresh, and flourishing. I mean, just hearing the word flourishing, doesn't that sound good? Sounds good. Who wants a life that flourishes? Who wants a marriage that flourishes? Who wants a family that flourishes? I mean, who, who wants to do life where you know fruitfulness and you know flourishing in your life? And I, I love this. I love this descriptive nature of what David brings in this psalm. There's something powerful that when the church can do this together, it doesn't make it perfect. It's not perfect. While we're on this side of eternity and before Jesus comes back, it, there's, no, there, there's only one who's perfect and that's Jesus himself. Amen. We're going to have to deal with other things. Okay. We're going to have to forgive each other. I mean, who, how many know that's a big deal, isn't it? We're going to forgive each other. We're going to work with different personalities. How many know it doesn't stop? It's not just in the world, but in the church at times, you've got to deal with different personality types. Okay? And there's many different types. We're going to deal with, deal with different ways people think and, and operate and move together. But what brings us together is Christ. He's the one that brings us together. I want to tell you today that unity always requires intentionality. You don't just fall into unity. Unity doesn't just happen. It's like, oh, well, it'll come together. No, no. There is always intentionality whenever there's unity. Whenever there's community of coming together, and we're talking about the church right now, but the church coming together, there is always intentionality from every one of us. There's always things that we've, we've got to look at and say, you know what? I'm going to choose to focus on this rather than the negative things that I'm seeing. I'm going to choose to focus on the, the faith. I'm going to choose to focus on the, the goodness in that other person. I might be able to sit there and read that other person and see all the negatives of their lives. And if they look back at me, they might do the same. But how might, how might we focus on the great things 
of what God is doing in their lives. And let's pray for them. Instead of gossip about them, let's pray for them. Let's lift them up. Maybe they are struggling in an area of their lives. Maybe there is tough things going on at home. Maybe their finances are so tough right now because of the economy. And oh man, there's all sorts of stuff going on in that other person. Hey, what an opportunity to pray for someone else. Lift them up before a God who can help them and save them rather than tear them down. This is what we want to be. is people that can encourage and love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. Because not everyone's going to get it right. Not one of us together is always going to get it right all the time. But if we choose to be the difference, then this world, the world is like, doesn't really choose to forgive, holds on to things, harbors resentment, harbors all that grudges in their hearts. But that's not what we're called to do as the church. We're called to forgive others, to see them through the eyes of Christ, to be able to say, hey, you know what? In the same light that I would love to be forgiven when I make mistakes, I would love the same grace bestowed upon me. I'm going to bestow that, that grace to somebody else. I'm going, to, I'm going to live this life of Christ in the best way that I can. Do we always get it right? No. But hey, we can do it better tomorrow. Amen. We can continue to grow. We can continue to change. We can t- continue to, to say, hey, Lord, how do I come back to the cross? How do I come back? to the revelation of who Jesus is? How do I get the help from the Holy Spirit to do what I don't want to do, what my flesh nature doesn't want to do? But how do I do what the Spirit's leading me to do? Amen? As an intentionality, intentionality to what we're doing to help lift others up. Amen? The second thing I want to share today is this, is that the power, and this is for families, all right? This is for parents today. I just want to speak to you today. And, and maybe if you're a young married couple and you're going to have kids one day, Maybe you're single, you're going to get married. You, you may have kids one day, okay? So, so this matters, all right? I just want to say this right now. There is a power to helping our kids be in church. There's a power to helping our kids be raised in the life of the church. There's something incredible about it. There's an intentionality about it. You know, I think of all the times when I grew up in church life. I grew up in our Innisfail location, which is an empowered church now. I grew up in that church and I, I love that as I grew up, I had a great kids pastor uh, that was in my world or kids leaders that were in my world. I still have fond memories of the moments that happened there where they got around us, they loved us and encouraged us. I, rem- I still remember the day I won Disciple of the Month. I still remember that. I was nine years old and I won this little remote control boat. I wanted that boat. I, I, I did. I was like, yeah, I love Jesus. But get me that boat. And I remembered and memorized that, that, that scripture. And I came and I, I recited it off by heart. And they're like, yes, you win the boat. Thank you. You know, it's awesome. But praise God, there was leaders in kids' church and leaders in kids' church right now that are serving our children that are helping them on the journey of knowing God in a greater way, knowing Jesus in a greater way. I love the fact that we prayed for our children last Sunday on anointing service. Straight after the worship, got them all out the front here and his parents were all out here as well. And we're praying and we're believing God for our kids together so that they can start a journey this year of, of school and all the great things in their world this year, family and friendships. And, 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 and they can understand that there's a call of God on their lives as well. There's a power to this. You know, I remember being the age of 10 and being called out with all the other children 
in, in our Innisfel church and, and we were prayed over and prophesied over. And I remember that moment so clearly. There's so much I don't remember of being the age of 10, but I remember that day. I remember that day because that was the day I felt the power of God hit my life. I went down like a sack of bricks on the ground. I didn't know what was going on and I got picked up later. And, uh, and, and, and I realized in that moment, oh God, you're real. You're real. This is, there's something real about this thing. This is powerful. I've been brought to church, brought to church every Sunday by my parents. They kept putting me in the environment, putting me in the environment. What were they hoping for? Oh, Jesus, fire them up. Just encounter them the way you encountered us. Get them into that space. Get them into that environment. And I praise God that when he hit me, I realized I've got to call a God on my life. I want to live for this Jesus. At that point in time, my friends were speaking to me probably a little bit more than the way God was. All right, but something got a hold of my life that day where it began to turn my life around. We got 360 degrees and saying, hey, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to live for you. And there's a power to what God can do. I love the fact that I grew up in a great youth ministry, had a great youth pastor. I actually had a really great senior pastor that really spoke into my life. I love the fact that my senior pastor saw the call of God on my life that one day when I was 14 years old, he let me preach on the platform on a Sunday morning. It was a youth takeover day, so let's be real. It wasn't a normal Sunday, but I got to preach. Oh man, I worked so hard. I worked for a month on that message, a whole month on that message. I still know what I preached about. I was 14 years old. It was on the loaves and fishes. And I still remember, I could preach it now for the next 10 minutes. It's my first message in front of all those people. People got saved. I was like, I sat down at the end. I'm like, whoa, whoa, thank you, Jesus. You know what I love about that? It wasn't just the moment that happened. I love that my senior pastor at the time sat me down that week and said, here's all the things that you did well. Here's all the things you got to grow in. All the things you got to improve in the way that you're speaking. And every time I spoke, he sat me down. I had him. I had my youth pastor. I had my uncle. Uh, he, was a, he was a missionary. And Uncle Fred, you, many of you know him as well. He spoke into my life as well and taught me so many things. I love that I had that in the life of the church. Now, yes, I was called to ministry, but I love that that's there for those who are going to become doctors, for those who are going to become lawyers and, and, and builders and, and, and tradies and, and whatever you're called to do in your life, that you can carry the call of God over your life for whatever vocation you're called to. Your vocation doesn't dictate the call of God on your life. I want you to know that today, whatever you're doing, Whatever you do, it doesn't dictate the call of God on your life. You're still called. And I love the fact that when we help our children grow up in the house of God, we're helping them to encounter the same Jesus that's encountered us. We're bringing them into this space. And there's sometimes moments when it's tough and it's not easy to do. But hey, we're in, when we're intentional and when we do our greatest and our utmost and pray that God helps us with that, there is a power to this as they are being brought back into this environment all the time. I love that my boys are on Friday night. They're here as an intentionality uh, to bring them here and get into the environment because I want them with their friends to be able to experience and encounter Jesus together. It's then on a Sunday that we're here and they can experience and encounter Jesus. There's something powerful about this because I know how much is pulling at our teenagers' lives. Come on, let me, let me speak for a moment. Everything in the spirit of this age is pulling our children as far from Jesus as possible. 
if they can distract them, if they can get them hooked on gaming, if they can get them hooked on social media, they can get them hooked on different things of this world. If they, if the devil knows if I can just entice you with that carrot enough, I can pull you as far away from your destiny as possible. And there is the same war and fight that is happening in the spirit right now. Come on, we're going to pray for our teenagers. We're going to stand with them. We're going to hold them together. We're going to work through the hard moments at times when they don't understand and they push back at us and they say all sorts of things at times. But we're going to know out of love, we're here to help you become all you're called to be. Because one day, one day, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not when you're 15 or 18 or 20, but maybe one day you're going to come back and say, thank you that you took me to church. Thank you that you got me into the environment where I could get a hold of Jesus in my life because I'll never let it go from this day on. Thank you. What we are doing, what's the greatest thing we can do is bring him into the environment. Get him here on Sunday. Be in the church. Be in this environment. Why? Because everything's not only pulling their lives, but pulling it our lives. To get us as far from God as possible. And the devil's a liar and a deceiver. And he'll do anything to distract. All right? But when we do this, when we're intentional, when we push against, sometimes our flesh nature that doesn't feel like it, sometimes we'll be tired. I get tired. I get tired. I, get, I have moments where I'm like, oh God, I'm going to do it. Why? What pushes me in that moment is the future, is the word of God. Is what's being, what's being put into the future for the sake of not only our own lives and our marriages and our families, but for the sake of the generations to come. That's what can push us and motivate us forward. One day our children are going to grow up. And in 30 years from now, they will be the pastors of churches. They will be the, the doctors and the politicians. They will be the ones at the forefront of fighting for their next generation, for their generation then and the generation to come after them as well. They will be the ones. What are we investing today so that they can be as solid as they can be? They can be as strong as they can be so they can have a vision inside of their hearts and live out the call of God over their lives. I thank God for the mentors in my life, including my own dad, who woke up every morning with his Bible, eating five wheat bix in the morning. And I began to wake up with him at 5.30 in the morning. And I would sit with my dad every morning and we would read Proverbs together and we would eat that. My dad wouldn't ever want to get on a platform and preach. Don't get him. He's an introvert. He don't like that doing that stuff. But my dad is a man of God. And he taught me. He taught me how to pray. He taught me how to read the word of God and love it. He taught me in the tough seasons. And we had hard times as a family when we grew up. And we didn't have money even to hardly pay the bills. And we went through tough, hard seasons. I watched a man stand with his family and go to work early and come home late at night. I watched him raise his five children and bring them to church every Sunday and sit them with them and hand out 20 cents so they could put them in the offering when we went into kids' church. Thank you, Frank Bartolo, for leading my life and helping me to become the man I was called to be. I'm thankful for parents like that. I'm thankful for Maureen Bartolo, my mother, who's a strong woman. Oh man, my mom is strong. She's a strong one. She wouldn't put up with any rubbish. All right. Thank God she was strong enough to help guide us. 
Because all of us are in church today. All five kids with our families, all in church today. Every one of us. Thank you, mum and dad. Thanks, mum and dad. Come on, maybe you had a mum and dad like that. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't. Even if you didn't have a mum and dad like that, we can start that for the next generation. And we could be that mum and dad for our kids. Amen.